It's not okay for her reaction to make you feel less of a man and less of a person, right? But it is okay for her reaction to sting and for you to feel like, fuck, like that didn't feel good or like, oh, this is hard to talk about or this is very uncomfortable to talk about or I feel frustrated talking about this, but I know it's important. These are all the real raw emotions that come up when it comes to resolving a conflict and and resolving conflict, it, like I said, is not always sexy and it can be very uncomfortable. But it's just you realizing that if I do this and I'm, and I'm the more vulnerable I am and more truthful I am, it can help her be truthful. And if we're truthful quickly, we can get to them to the point of the argument and we can dissolve it and we can actually move forward from this with a tighter bond, even closer than we were before. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today I am back with my microphone, which I've been away from because I've been traveling, but I love using it because it's so fun and it makes me sound so sexy. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just fun. Okay. Anyway, cool story stuff. Moving on. <laughs> um, today's episode is about control. I'm going to specifically use premature ejaculation as an example of you guys having more control over your sex life than you think. So... Before I dive into this episode, I want to remind you guys that I am running a group program. Uh, It's called the PE Group Coaching Experience, and it is for you guys who feel like you need more accountability around overcoming your PE. And it is a six, it's within a six month time frame. And I'm going to be giving you individualized steps on a biweekly basis so that you always know what steps to take to fit your life and your situation with PE personally so that you feel more and more control throughout the six months. And that's really what this program is based on. It's based on me helping you access all the different areas of control that you have over your sex life. When you have control, you have less uncertainty. When you have less uncertainty, you have less anxiety. When you have less anxiety, your dick works the way you want it to work. So that is the the point of this program is to help you gain control in as many ways as possible to fit your individual situation. And that's what's hurting a lot of you guys. Not only those of you with PE, but those of you with other concerns in your relationship. Like you just end up giving up instead of realizing, hey, I still have control here. Like I can still make improvements here, here, and here. And it's very easy to put yourself out there and say, well, I initiate sex and now it's her turn to do something. Okay, but why is she saying, let's understand and let's get curious around why she's saying no and let's understand the control you have around maybe asking 
maybe initiating sex in a different way, maybe asking her a certain question so you understand why she's not receptive to the way you initiate sex. Maybe it's about you doing some work on your own in terms of strengthening your sex confidence or your boundary setting skills. Maybe she's talking all over you in a disrespectful way and you're just accepting it. And because you're accepting it, she's losing attraction and respect for you. And she's never going to say yes to sex to you because of the disrespect she now has. You know, like there's so many, and this is not me blaming you guys um, for why you're not getting sex or why things aren't working sexually for you, but it's to make you understand that just because you try something and you try that thing over and over, or even if you try two things, You know, it doesn't mean that you just have to give up and wait for her to come to you. It can still mean you continue to take action. And that's what we do in life when we really want something, right? We don't just give up. We keep getting up and we keep trying something new. I relate that, you know, I relate this concept to my business. I get really frustrated and I get really, I get in my head and I get scared and I get nervous and I disappear from Instagram for a few days and then I come back. (laughs) And I have these ways of me showing that I want to give up and I want to hide and I never, I never want to give up, but I do want to hide occasionally. And I know that feeling of just like, okay, I like tried a bunch of stuff. I'm just going to hide now and hope that like it's received well, you know? And it's like, it's like that same feeling of like, all right, if I don't keep trying different things, then, then What's going to happen? You know, like I can't, I can't give up. I have to keep trying different things. And I want you to think about it the same way in your relationship. And maybe you've gotten to the point where you have to, that's something different that you have to try, that different thing is you having a conversation about divorce. You know, I'm not saying this is going to be pretty and sexy 100% of the time, it, but it has to, you have to keep moving. You can't just give up. You can't give up your, all your control, all your, all your power, all your confidence, all your boundaries, just because you're not getting answers you want and you've tried multiple times to get them. You have to respond to the fact that you're not getting answers you want. You have to ask yourself, are, am I asking the right questions that, that make sense with getting these answers? You know, like you have to, you have to be, you just have to keep going is basically what I'm saying. There's no point where you just stop and you wait for your partner to take action. You continue taking action and you do so in a way where you encourage your partner to take action with you. And if your partner is not taking action with you, that's when maybe you get other people involved to help the two of you get on track or meet in the middle. There's too much giving up. There's too much hopelessness and it's, it's not, it's not helping you. It's not healthy. It's not helping you to progress or grow in life. And when you're not progressing or growing, you're feeling stagnant and that, 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 hopelessness and that anxiety only only grows and only gets worse and we don't want that so so I want you to to think about your specific sex concern because all of you guys are going to have a different one and all of us have at least one you know nothing is ever perfect and I think that that's something that we also think is like why is my sex life never perfect and I don't know if anyone's actually ever said that (laughs) but I just feel like we do get like we, we are a little bit too shocked when we realize we have sex concerns. It's like, all right, we're humans. Sex is a huge part of us. And just like anything, just like money and just like health, sex and relationships is bound to have its ups and downs. We're always going to have at least something that isn't going our way completely that we're working on or we have to work on or we've been avoiding, we wish we could work on, right? Like that's, it's the same thing. 
So it's like, why should sex be any different than our finances or our health? It's something we have to continuously work on and try new things and and do things for ourselves, do things for our partner, do things as a team. Like it's it's just with anything else. And it shouldn't be a shock that we have to put work into it in order to make it great. Um, sex isn't supposed to come naturally. You know, I have clients who who come to me feeling like they're sexually clueless and they're like, you know, I, I just don't have any experience and I feel like a horrible lover. And I'm like, okay, but you have to start somewhere. Like you can't just expect to be a great lover because you're a man and you were born. Like you have to, you have to put work into it and you have to put practice into it. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard to have that understanding that I should just know I should just be good. And I think most of you men feel that way especially around sex, you feel like, oh, I should just know how to pleasure her. I shouldn't have to ask her these questions. I should just be able to ask her to have sex and she should want to because that would mean I was attract, I was an attractive guy. That would mean I'm sexually desirable. No, you can be sexually desirable and her be on a totally different, in a totally different place where she's just not getting to the point of her arousal to be high enough to, to be receptive to sexual initiation. You know, it could be, it could be about a fight that the two of you have been avoiding that she feels like she needs some closure on and she can't open up sexually to you because of it. But but the conversation's not being had, so the sex just keeps getting shut down. There are so many issues that come actually before, um, uh, what was I, sorry, I'm thinking because I was reading something the other day, and it said, it said, lack of sex is the first sign don't quote me on this. This is probably shouldn't be sharing this if I don't know the exact quote, but it was something around, um, I'm going to share it anyway. (laughs) No, it was something about sex is the, um, dis saying no, being rejected from sex or sexual distancing is the first major sign of something going wrong in the emotional connection of a relationship. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know this, but, but it's just, when we can't be vulnerable to a certain extent and we can't feel comfortable to express things and share things with our partner, the first thing we're going to do is shut down our physicality, right? And like we try to hide it, but we can't, you can't hide it, your body, right? That's why, that's why they have um, lie detector people and people who specialize in body language to tell when someone's lying because it's so impactful and the body will tell you more before the words tell you more. So it's if you're seeing and noticing a sexual distancing in your relationship, most likely there is something that's not being said. And even if she's like, oh, everything's okay, but she's distancing sexually, distancing physically, um, non-verbally, then it, it means that there is something not being said that needs to be said. So until you have a thorough conversation, um, I hope that came across the wrong way. I don't know if I just explained that right, but it's pretty much just understanding, all right, the distancing is a warning sign that I need to have a conversation and there needs to be something talked out. And and to make yourself available for these discussions is to also make yourself available to, to share pieces of yourself that are more vulnerable too so that she feels like she's safe to do the same thing. You know, I, me, um, my partner and I, he will he's more vulnerable than me. And sometimes I hate to admit that because 
Because it's like, especially around sex. And I'm like, I should be the one who's more like this. <laughs> this is my work. Um, and I always like give him shit a little bit because I'm like, fuck, you're so good at this. Um, but it's kind of like he'll say something. And I don't want to get too personal because I didn't ask his permission. But um, but he'll say something and and um, he will... He'll, he'll pretty much just bring something up to me that he notices in me that seems off or he'll tell me and he'll say it in a way where it's like, maybe this is just me getting in my head, but like, I'm seeing this from you and he's always on point. And I'm like, how are you seeing that? Like, how did you know that? Um, and it just amazes me that what I think I'm not, what I think he has no clue about that I have. And it's not like I'm trying to hide something purposely, but maybe I do have a thought. And because I'm not telling him every thought in my head, sometimes he's able to pinpoint one of the thoughts. And because it's coming across so obvious in my body language. And um, but he'll call it out. And like and sometimes he'll even he'll even share with me like ways that he's feeling um, and and I'll be like, wow, like I would have never thought that about you. Like, I'm so glad you told me that because it could have really hurt our sex life if you didn't tell me that. And and it just goes to show like when like the more that he has been vulnerable with me and just like being open about like, hey, I don't know if like I don't know if you're thinking this or I don't know if something's going on here, but like I'm noticing you're you're really like you're really tense and like this and that. And and just by him saying that allows me to to now have permission to say it back to him. And it's like we give ourselves we give each other permission in ways by doing that, right? And it's it's um it's interesting that he was the one to do that to me because like I said, I feel like I'm a very emotionally expressive woman. I feel like I'm comfortable with vulnerability, but I didn't realize how much I was or not comfortable with vulnerability until he he had a few conversations with me and I was like, "Wow, I do hold a lot more in than I thought." And that's, it's honestly shocking, but it felt so safe for me to, to talk with him about it because he was calling it out and he was like, Hey, you seem like you're like this. It's okay if you are, but I want to know like if there's anything, you know, going on and like, let's just talk and like, and, and then we had like deep conversations that got to the root of like a major issue we were having. And it was like, holy shit, like, thank God we, you noticed that. Like, fuck, what if you didn't notice that? And it makes me think of all the couples that, like, <clears throat> that just go on, like, not noticing, not having these, these ways to pinpoint a difference in their partner because they're not really, they're not really looking for it because they'd rather not see it, you know? And I think that I noticed my defense mechanism with him because right away when he said, do you think do you think um, it's because of this? And I was like, no, I would never feel that way. And and I noticed myself trying to make him feel better versus me being honest. And I I went back to him the next day after one of our conversations and I was like, you know what? Thinking about it, I think I was just trying to protect you, but I, I truthfully do feel that way. And I'm really glad you called it out. And yeah, it was an awkward conversation at first and it was hard for me to go up and be like, actually, what you said is true. Um, because I didn't, I didn't want to hurt him, but I knew that it would be, I would hurt him more if I wasn't being honest. Um, so anyway, this is kind of all over the place cause I'm trying to protect our conversation and my relationship. But, um, 
but yeah, it's it just goes to show that there's so much more under the surface. And if we can get comfortable sharing how we feel and what our thoughts are around it and giving our partner some freedom to react, and by freedom to react, I mean saying something like, hey, I don't know if this is true, but here's what I'm sensing from you or here's how I feel um, based on your reaction. Is that is that true or am I just in my head? That's a great way to give your partner an out because you're not accusing them. You're not saying, hey, something's wrong and you're acting weird and this and that. You're not like, you're not labeling them. You're not accusing them. You're like, hey, here's what I'm picking up. Is that, is that true or am I just like, am I just thinking way too much? And it gives your, it gives your partner that opportunity to be like, you know what? I, I think there is something there. Yeah. Because um, she feels like she has freedom. Right. And I had a, I have another client who, who was seeing this girl and she, uh, I, I'm like so proud that he had this reaction because this just sounded so fucking annoying for this girl to have this. So anyway, he was, he was out and they were drinking and this girl, what was he saying to her? I'm trying to think what he was, he asked her, he asked her like a vulnerable question, um, based on what she did. Like he was like, oh, I'm having a, um, no, she was like, you're being weird because he was like, he was like, I'm having a really nice time with you. Like, I think you're great. And she was like, you're being weird. Stop. And he was like, OK, like, I'm just <laughs> trying to share that I'm having a nice time with you. Um, and she was like, OK. And then he he like said something else that ah, I forget what he said, but she basically like three times throughout the night was like, you're being weird. You're being weird. Whenever he was just being either like truthful or just honestly just chill. (laughs) And she was like labeling him because of her own discomfort. But she was also really drunk. And obviously it turned out to not be, it turned out to not be the great, the greatest night. But it's an example of like what an immediate shutdown looks like when you're trying to just express yourself. And you guys have to understand that if you're being honest and you're being shut down from that honesty, that does not have to do with you. That has to do with your partner. Okay? If you're if you're bringing up a conversation um and saying something like, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm this is what I'm seeing from you. I I don't know if it's true, but I was hoping like we could talk about it." And your partner's like, "Stop. You're being weird." You're not being weird. You're trying to understand your partner. And you guys have to understand that because a woman who you find attractive labels you weird, that has to do with her own insecurities because no secure woman would even use that phrase, would even use that that word in that discussion. Um, even if a guy was being weird, I would never label him weird. Um, and I know that friends of mine, the women I surround myself with, would not would not either. And... If a woman is labeling you a name and just leaving it at that for you to feel awkward and feel bad about what you just said, you have to realize that's not that's not you. Um, and bringing this back to you have more control than you think is is to stand up for yourself in these moments and to say something like, hey, I'm just being honest about how I'm feeling about you or Hey, I'm just being, I, I just wanted to to make sure we can like, we can talk to each other about this kind of stuff. Not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to make you feel comfortable is really what I'm trying to do. So if there's any way I can make you feel comfortable having a conversation here, please let me know. Like I'm all ears. 
Um, and you're, you're standing up for yourself. You're setting a boundary that like, hey, not trying to be weird. I don't, I don't think that's a cool way to, cool label to throw right at me. But um, here's what I'm trying to do. And if there's a way I can make it easier for you, please let me know. And most likely a secure woman will just, an insecure woman will be like, okay. You know, because she has nothing to say because she doesn't do her own work on herself. And I see a lot of women who don't do the work on themselves um, reflecting that insecurity on their men by labeling them names. And because these men are attracted to these women, the men shut down. And then the men stop being expressive and they go back and retreat to their hole of not communicating. Um, And I think it's especially important that us women, if there's any women listening to this, (laughs) that we really accept our men opening up and we do everything we can to accept that and to welcome that. And to know that if we can accept him and welcome him, then we can feel safer to express ourselves as well. And that's really, it really does go hand in hand. You know, we, we have control over expressing ourselves and we have control over setting a boundary if we're disrespected when we when we um when we're disrespected. Wait, I broke that sentence. Wait, hold on. Let me redo that sentence. <laughs> no edits. Um, what I was saying was you have control over expressing your your true feelings, how you really feel, right? You have control over setting a boundary if someone reacts disrespectfully to you. Um, you have control over reacting to that you know, to any disrespect or continuing the conversation forward, you have control. Like, as long as you practice these skill sets, you have control. And there's never, you have control over reacting to to PE when it happens. You have control over having a better reaction that doesn't, a better reaction internally that works for you and externally that works for you and her and the moment. You have control over understanding what your goals are. And if the person in front of you aligns with your goals, you have control of leaving and walking away from that person. You have control of your internal stories that go on in your head about your PE or about your sex concern or about your insecurity for not being the best lover because you don't have much experience yet. Or, you know, the stories you tell yourself when a woman calls you weird. What comes to mind? You have control over how you interpret that. Um, You have control over... Taking time during sex in between positions. You have control over starting certain conversations or holding your partner to those conversations with ultimatums if need be, if it gets to that point. You have control over initiating foreplay or starting a new type of foreplay or asking questions about the foreplay. Asking questions about your partner's reaction. You have control over building your sex skills and confidence in yourself. You have control over building confidence in other areas of your life that will feed into your sex confidence. You have control over learning more about yourself sexually, whether that's through tangible practice or reading books, reading articles. You have control over trying new things or attempting to try new things with a partner. You have control over learning how you relax best and practicing that relaxation. You have control. You have more control than you think. And especially when you're in a situation like PE, you feel like you've lost all control and you feel like you have no control. And that feeling of I have no control only feeds especially this problem 
but it feeds many other problems as well. Because when you feel like you have no control, your anxiety goes up and you, your, your hope goes down. And you turn into this guy who's like, well, I tried. It's just not working for me. And I'll probably never have sex again or probably have sex once a year for the next 20 years of my life. You have control to not have sex once a year for the next 20 years of your life. And you may, you may be like, oh, well, it's not that easy. No, but you have control. It may not be easy, but you, have, you are choosing that. Whatever situation you're in right now, you are choosing it. You're choosing to be in it. And you have control to change it. You have control to get out. If you're listening to this podcast, you have control to get out. You have control to change your circumstance. You have control to change those internal conversations or reactions. So play this back whenever you feel like you've lost control. Because this, this sense of control is the sense of power and the sense of confidence. And all right, I have a lot more at my fingertips than I think. I have a lot more I can do for myself and my relationship than I thought. And that's beautiful, right? Like, that's awesome. That's a good king of the world type feeling. So I want you to start thinking like that. I want you to think about your your sex concern right now and ask yourself, all right, I feel a bit, maybe I feel a bit hopeless or frustrated right now, but what do I have control over that I'm not using maximum, I'm not, I'm not maximizing my control. What do I have control over that I can focus on more? That's a better, better question to ask. Because you have it and it's there, but you got to focus on it. Because if you focus on what you can't control, you're going to feel hopeless. If you focus on what you can, you will feel powerful. Which one are you focusing on? And think about the... Think about the sex concerns or even just relationship concerns that, that, go, that are beside sex. How did you get out of those? Think back to how you overcame past concerns or past struggles within your relationship. And what did you take control over? That's a great exercise because it helps you to think of an actual memory, something you've actually done. So you have proof, you have evidence, which is one of my favorite words in my sexology practice, evidence, evidence, evidence. Let's find the evidence <laughs> because if you can, you know, it's one thing to, to just call yourself sexy in the mirror 12 times. It's another thing to go out there and practice doing things that make you feel like a sexy man. It's the evidence. It's like, shit, I fucking actually did that. I actually walked up to that beautiful woman and I said this. I actually walked up to my wife and I took this risky move and did this, even though we haven't, I haven't done this to her in so long or said this to her in so long. Um, you know, sometimes it's a spank on the butt, you know, and that, that gets a reaction that, that all of a sudden makes you feel like, oh shit, like, um, am I back? Like, is that, that felt good. Like, that was a step. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge thing, but you have to take the steps so that you can get the evidence because when you get the evidence, more and more evidence of control builds you up, builds you up as a sexual man. It builds you up as a vulnerable man too because if you were listening to the beginning of this and you're like, I don't feel like I have the emotional capacity to be that vulnerable 
and put myself out there in a risky way. I just, I feel like I get too defensive. I feel like I'll get too much in my head. If you have enough evidence to back up the areas of control in your life, um, in your life, not even just sexually, but also sexually, if you make a list of all the things you feel you have control over, and then you start looking for evidence and ways that you had control on a daily basis and what you took control of, I, I know I'm saying that phrase a lot, but like it could be as simple as, um, as I didn't want to do this, so I sent an email to my to my fellow employees saying I wouldn't have the the bandwidth to do it. You know, like that's a sense of control. That's you setting a boundary. You set a specific boundary. You stood up for yourself, and you were you didn't let people walk over you when you knew you you couldn't allow that. That's an example. It doesn't have to do with sex, right? An example that would have to do with sex is probably all right. Let me get let me get in control by getting clearer on what my goals are because I've been complaining about what's not working for so long. But when was the last time I thought about what I actually wanted? It's been a while. Let me get clear on my goals. Let me literally just take out a piece of paper and write down what my goals are for my sex life and my relationship. That's you taking control. And when you do things like this, they can take two minutes, right? Spank on the butt takes two seconds. A list of goals takes two minutes. Maybe a, bit, maybe a little bit more if you're putting some thought. Let's say five to ten minutes. You know, you, if you're single, approaching a woman at a bar who you find attractive, can take five minutes just saying something. I mean, five seconds. <laughs> or you could spend five minutes and then eventually spend a day if it goes well. You know, you never know what can happen either. But you have to start by taking control. You have to start by creating these opportunities for you. And then, like I said, the more evidence you have, the more comfortable you are in yourself, with yourself, because you start trusting yourself when you take opportunities of what you can control. You have a new, a new trust for yourself. You have a new love for yourself, a new respect for yourself. And when you do, you automatically get those things more from your partner. I promise. Whenever my clients start respecting themselves more, you'd, you'd be so, like, it's just obvious. It's so obvious how they become more attractive to their partners or to women in general. Um, fuck, I was going to say something else and I lost it. Ugh. But yeah, um, you, you, want to, you want to take these points of control and practice them so that you have the evidence, so that you can be vulnerable because when you trust yourself and you feel good about yourself and you respect yourself, you're not afraid of saying things that could potentially um, feel, you know, make you feel small because you know you're not small. All these points of evidence make you realize, I'm not fucking small. Like, I'm strong. I'm going out there and I'm doing the things that I say I want to do. And when you actually are doing that, there's no way you can feel small. Her reaction cannot make you feel small. There's no fucking way. It's just not possible. And when you get to the point of her reaction not making you feel less of a man or less of a person, that's when you start having more of these conversations where you're allowing constructive criticism. You're actually asking your partner, like, Hey, babe, I feel like you're just, you're not as, like, you're not as attracted to me anymore recently. Um, is there a specific reason why? Because I, I really want to work on this with you. It's important to me. You're important to me. Our relationship's important to me. Our sexual attraction is important. So let's work on this together. Can you, let's talk. Talk to me. Um, 
it comes with like a sense of confidence. It comes with a sense of certainty of like, hey, I know this may be what's going on. And maybe she told you like, I'm not attracted to you. Like, I know you told me this. Um, Let's talk about it. What can I do to help? What can we do together to make this work? And it's having more of that team effort and that that we talk, we us versus you or me. We get used to the we discussions. And don't be afraid to invite the constructive criticism. You know, and the, and the more you focus on ways you can control things in your life, the more you will feel comfortable. Um, you're never going to feel 100% comfortable. I mean, even this conversation with my partner who I've known for almost three years was uncomfortable. And um, yeah, it didn't feel good being honest about something I knew could potentially hurt his feelings because I care for him. But I knew that what was on the other side of that was us being closer and us solving a problem together and us thinking of it like, what can we do? Um, Or let's make this better together. And we did. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if we both didn't take a vulnerable step of, all right, this is this feels awkward. I don't really want to tell you this, but I, I guess I have to because you kind of called me out and now I, I know the importance of it and sharing it. So it's it's not supposed to feel mushy and amazing, you know, um, mushy. I use that word a lot. It's not, it's not always going to feel like sexy. Communication, for the most part, is not super sexy. <laughs> most of the time, I mean, especially in relationships, like you're supposed to be, not you're supposed to, but it's it's very common and normal for you to have conflicts very often, right? But it's like, how are you dissolving the conflict? How are you managing it? How quickly can you manage it together and have that togetherness in management? And that's what's really going to help. And, and knowing that you, you can have all the control and the confidence and um, you're not going to feel less of a man based on her reaction. I mean, hopefully, like that is the goal. <clears throat> um, <laughs> just like spit in the microphone. <laughs> the goal is to not allow her, her reaction to make you feel less of a man. But that doesn't mean it's not going to sting if she tells you something, right? Because you're human, so that doesn't mean you're weak if something hurts you or doesn't feel great. I say that I don't want you to tie it to you feeling less of a man because that's your identity. You don't want someone's reaction. You don't want anyone's reaction to change how you feel about who you are as a person. Ever. I, I don't think you should ever allow someone's reaction to change how you feel as a person make you feel less of a person, I should say. Some people do have positive impacts on us where we do want to change, right? But but less of a person. We don't want to ever accept someone making us feel less of a person. So by holding that mentality where she can't make me feel less of a man, but her reaction may sting. It may hurt. It may make me feel defensive. It may make me want to like need some space and that's okay too if you need some space and you have to pull away and tell her hey I just need some space to process this because I don't want to yell at you but I feel like right now if I stay here I'm going to yell at you so I'm just going to take some space for a few minutes and we'll come back and we'll finish this conversation that's what a strong man does I know it may not feel that way to some of you but that's what a man who knows he who is control Let's go back to control. That's a man who's in control of his emotions. Fuck. Like for a guy to be like, 
all right, I feel like I'm going to yell at you and get angry right now. And I, I don't want to express myself that way to you, but I do want to have this conversation. So if you can just give me, you know, half an hour, two hours, whatever, whatever amount of time you need to, to tell her that and then go back to her, she's going to have so much more respect for you than you blowing up and getting mad or, you know, reacting on your hurt and getting mad. So it's okay. It's not okay for her reaction to make you feel less of a man and less of a person, right? But it is okay for her reaction to sting and for you to feel like, fuck, like that didn't feel good or like, oh, this is hard to talk about or this is very uncomfortable to talk about. Or I feel frustrated talking about this, but I know what's important. These are all the real raw emotions that come up when it comes to resolving a conflict. And, and resolving conflict, it, like I said, is not always sexy and it can be very uncomfortable. But it's just you realizing that if I do this and, I'm, and I'm, the more vulnerable I am and more truthful I am, it can help her be truthful. And if we're truthful quickly, we can get to them to the point of the argument and we can dissolve it and we can actually move forward from this with a tighter bond, even closer than we were before. Um, and that's how you grow together, right? I know with my partner and I, we, we definitely bonded after that, that conversation that was hard for us to have and was hard for me to admit something and was hard for him to bring something up. Like, it was very hard and awkward and it didn't feel great for either of us. You could tell. It was like an awkward conversation. We, we had trouble making eye contact. Um, we felt bad at certain points for each other. Like, but it was with the intention of we're trying to make us better. We're trying to come out of this stronger. That was our intention. It wasn't I'm trying to prove this to you or I'm, I need to do this for me. You're on your own. It was this is for us. Let's do this for us. And so, yeah, if you can take it from that perspective of the, what is the goal? The goal for us is to have more sex. The goal, the goal for us is to be more connected. The goal for us is to come out of this stronger. If that's really the goal and you think about your intention that way, intention slash goal, um, then that's what you need to help you navigate this conversation more, more deeply, more effectively. But if the goal is to get out of this conversation, then because it's uncomfortable, which is a lot of people's immediate goal when they're put in a situation like that, then you will get angry and you will blow up and you will showcase the parts of you that make the conversation hard to have because you're trying to get out of it because you feel uncomfortable and you're not, you don't feel, you don't feel safe emotionally. That's why guys blow up. That's why women walk away. Um, why women blow up and walk away. You know, we do the same shit to each other when we're not prepared. This isn't just men. This is us doing, I just explained the story of me walking, like saying, no, everything's fine. When I knew deep down everything wasn't fine, but I honestly didn't even understand it because I didn't put enough thought through it. And when I sat there and thought about it and went back to him and had to admit, you know, like that, that was something gutsy for me to do, which, because it felt super awkward, but I had my, our best intentions in mind. So anyway, oh my God, this podcast is getting long. I've, I'm going on a ramble here, but I hope you see the importance of how this all relates to you having more control than you think. All right, control, like I said, to, to stand up for yourself, to have, to have conversations that invite potential criticism. Um, and you have control to make yourself better in many ways. 
And you have control over your reactions too. So remember that. And if you're ready to join the PE group coaching experience, please reach out to me. You can send me an email at info at and let me know that you'd like to schedule a, a quick call to see if you're a good fit for the program. And I would love to have you because what I'm going to do over the course of six months with you is make you feel as much in control as possible. And that, especially when it comes to psychologically induced PE, that is what's get, that's what gets you overcoming it is, hey, I have a game plan. Hey, I have control over this, this, and this in my personal life. I have to access it more. I have to use it more. And when you use it more and you build confidence there, then the anxiety within your body dissipates. And it eventually goes away because there's no need for it anymore. All right, so that is it, guys. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.